All right, you geeky listeners, before we begin the show, I wanted to first ask you to just think about something for a minute. Are you a listener of our other CBI podcast, Above and Batman Beyond? If so, have you enjoyed our guest list of interviews so far? Batman Beyond voice actor Melissa Disney, for one? Or how about DC Comics legend Dan Jurgens? If the answer is yes, then I wanted to let you know about the Patreon we've set up for the podcast. I know what you're thinking. Oh man, you're going to ask for money? No, I'm not. But I am going to tell you where you can go if you'd like to help us to continue uh, bringing you all the great guests you were just thinking about. For free, by the way. Please also consider the freeness in this little mind experiment. Just go to patreon.com slash Batman Beyond Podcast. That's where you can go. Uh, that's where, excuse me, you can see our first very modest financial goal, which will help us to continue not only get uh, great guest interviews, but also drive to places like New York City for New York Comic Con. All the expenses that go along with convention coverage in general, which we're going to continue doing uh, nearly monthly. I just went to two additional conventions last month of November. So we also want to step up the sound quality a bit and a few more goals that you can check out on our Patreon. It's actually pretty incredible seeing all the money I've already spent on the show laid out and itemized on the Patreon. But one thing to always keep in mind, whatever you can do in terms of donation is more than appreciated and helpful. If you're more of a Geek News General fan, then please keep in mind that your donation to this same Patreon will also go to the show you're listening to now and our entire podcast network here at comicbookintl.com. So once again, please go to patreon.com slash batmanbeyondpodcast and help us to continue to go above and Batman Beyond. Hello and welcome to Geek News General, a one-stop general sampling of geek news and pop culture. For episode 20, we interview filmmaker Vincent Turturro live from Troma Studios in Queens, New York. Turturro comes to Tromaville to talk about his new film, Victor Goodview. Geek News General is a production of Comic Book International. That's comicbookintl.com. Check out Comic Book International for all the latest in geek news. Find new episodes of Geek News General on iTunes, SoundCloud, and geeknewsbatnews.com. Theme music by Exsanguinator and podcast art by Courtney Delenn Slater. Thank you for listening to Geek News General. Welcome to Geek News General. My name is Benjamin David, your host and managing editor here at comicbookintl.com. Today we have an interview with our first ever filmmaker on the show, recorded live from Tromaville in Queens, New York. Vince Turturro is the filmmaker, and he's here to talk about his new film, Victor Goodview. For those unfamiliar with Tromaville and Troma Entertainment, this is the studio responsible for The Toxic Avenger, Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD, and numerous other cult classic B-movies. Victor Goodview is being distributed by Troma, hence the super fun location of this interview. The film premieres this Friday, January 19th, at Cinema Village in Manhattan. Cinema Village is one of the first and last indie film theaters standing in New York, so if you're in the area, definitely come check out the Victor Goodview premiere on Friday. 
2018 marks the 44th year Troma Entertainment has operated, survived, let alone succeeded as an independent film studio. That's saying a lot in a world where Disney just absorbed most of Fox's entertainment properties. Then you have Apple now considering the purchase of a little company called Netflix. When Troma says independent film, they mean it. And that's what will always set apart the films of a major studio versus indie film. There's absolutely no mega corporation to answer to when you're in Tromaville. Again, saying a lot when there aren't really that many studios left of its kind. I've actually had the amazing privilege of interning at Troma for over a month now. Seeing the studio operate firsthand has been a lifelong dream come true. I live in Asbury Park, New Jersey, so a few times a week I get to drive to the greatest city in the world and then go write funny shit in Tromaville. <laughs> There's really nothing like it. I've always wanted to make movies and be involved. Uh, that's exactly what I've wanted to do since I was a kid. Make up funny stuff and get it on camera. In less than a month, another intern and I got to co-write a promo video for Troma's own digital streaming service called Troma Now. The whole time, my co-writer Hiram and I just couldn't believe we were writing words that were then spoken by the great Lloyd Kaufman, president of Troma and creator of the Toxic Avenger himself. If you want to see the video for yourself, just subscribe to the Troma Movies YouTube channel and click videos. The promo was New Year's themed to promote the month of January for Troma Now. Uh, it's a really great service, just $4.99 a month, and you basically get a Troma-specific Netflix with all their major titles streaming anytime you want. If you're a Troma fan, this thing is awesome. Uh, every month there is new content, and like Netflix, there are curated lists, all kinds of great features for streaming. So without further ado, here is my interview with Vince Taturo, writer and director of the new trauma film Victor Goodview, premiering this Friday, January 19th at Cinema Village in Manhattan. Yeah, talk about your premiere and talk about the movie and let's do it. Awesome. Thank you. I'm, I appreciate that you got the title right. Most people who've been recently introduced to the film after learning the title and my name call it Vincent Goodview. Or they call me Victor. Yeah. So, I, I good on you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. But <laughs> I, you corrected it. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so, yeah, it's a three and a half years since we wrapped. Uh, about, a, about a year or so ago, we, uh, we hooked up with Troma. Uh, it was definitely a match made in heaven. And uh, now, very quickly, we've uh, we've we've organized our premiere in uh, in downtown Manhattan, which was very important for us because we're class guys. Not everybody cares about that these days, I think. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be happening at Cinema Village, which is one of the oldest original indie theaters before IFC and Angelica. Yeah, and uh, they don't even have trays at that theater. In the concession stand really? for your popcorn, yeah. <laughs> the the clerk comes out and brings helps you bring the snacks into the theater with you, yeah. But they play a lot of a lot of great, <laughs> a lot of great films, and uh, yeah. So it'll be there uh, opening j uh, January nineteenth. Be playing five times a day thereafter for a week until the twenty fifth. And uh, yeah, we're really really jacked up. Uh, we'll have a premiere event uh, uh, at uh, the 9.15 show on, uh, on the 19th. And uh, the following sh show times that weekend will, will promise to be very festive. So I'm sure uh, Toxic Avenger will, uh, will make an appearance. Yeah, 
Friday night or Saturday night or both. So that'll be fun. Take some some pics with good old Toxie. Maybe he'll answer some questions during our Q and A, or you know, gr grum grumble them. Yeah, yeah. Drum <laughs> will be happy to <laughs> to be there. Yeah. Obviously, so we are. Um, to kind of clear it up, maybe if there's uh, a little confusion about the connection between trauma and this, uh, you mentioned it before that you were on with trauma, but just to be clear to the audience, uh, trauma is distributing the film, yeah. and you are the writer director, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So we are we are an, an acquisition of of trauma. So we uh, we sent the film to trauma late for trauma dance, and we did not show the film at uh, the festival, but uh, but trauma liked our film a lot, said it was great. Um, we had barely uh, tried for the festival circuit. So it, it happened really early on after we completed the film. And uh, we're, we're definitely, uh, I don't know if we're, it makes us fools because I know like these days there's no exposure like the festival circuit. But uh, we, we, for some reason, didn't do anything conventionally with this movie. So we weren't as, as enthusiastic about... <clears throat> festival uh touring uh as as most filmmakers are even from the very beginning so we were we were pretty thrilled to to hook up with trauma that, at that early time and uh and i yeah um no with with trauma it was it was we probably first we first spoke with trauma not this past summer but the summer before that okay. it was that trauma dance that we contacted them during so that's only been about a year and a half, I believe, unless I'm totally messing up the time frame there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, one thing I noticed right off the bat, <clears throat> excuse me, in your film, Victor Goodview, is that you really, uh, there was definitely some emphasis on the setting. So right away, visually, you kind of, you know exactly the world you're in, which is, uh, and Sorry, I guess before we go on, how much do you want to talk about and reveal, not reveal, spoiler-wise? Uh, I'll try to be as artful as possible and and not, you know. No, no, like just on our conversation, like do you want to talk about like the ending, stuff like that? Maybe we'll oh, leave the yeah, ending yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we can maybe, we can allude to things. Okay, I just want to make sure I didn't, yeah, you know, some, but, it's your movie, so I wanted to, yeah. 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 But yeah, so right off the yeah. bat, like I, I just there's a very uh, distinct visual world that you created with uh, just how grimy this guy's yeah. apartment is, yeah, yeah. the interiors in particular. I mean, uh, you get that, and then you know the other thing I noticed was that it's almost like I'm a big Batman fan, so I can't I can't help but do analogies to Batman. But sure. that Gotham City is a character in and of itself, yeah. and kind of character and setting are kind of one and the same in the Bat universe. And I felt like that with, this takes place in Yonkers, uh, and you're really showing the grimiest version. Yet, sadly, what, let's be real, I mean, if you do the percentage of people who live in poverty versus not, there's a lot of realism here, too. So right off the bat, you're just thrown into this, like, this is a grimy place. You're not seeing uh, the pretty side of, of Yonkers or... America, whatever you're portraying, but just in this world, I just, I love that right off the bat, you're like, yeah, this is the dirty, grimy world <laughs> you're in, get ready. Absolutely, yeah, I, I think you're uh, totally right on about that. That was that was our inspiration for the project, was the setting. So it's as okay. if Gotham was conceived and then Batman came next. Yeah, it really seemed like yeah. Okay. yeah, we 
we had we've been dying to do do something there because we felt like it was su- it was such an untapped filmic resource you know um i'm probably repeating myself i've sort of said or written this or something somewhere recently but uh but uh yeah i mean there's definitely like a lot of activity going on there but very rarely are there yonkers specific stories being told with the exception of i don't know the neil simon thing lost in yonkers but that took place in like the 50s or something when it was still all green you know but contemporary yonkers pieces are just they just I don't know. I think we're we're pretty uh, we're we're pioneers uh, somewhat with this. There was a there was Show Me a Hero on HBO, but again, I think that took place in the '80s. You okay. know, right, yeah, um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, that was most that was so important to us to try to take to, to to really tap tap into the uh, to the area and the 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 characters that that we used to encounter when we lived there. And uh, so Victor was just a is just an excuse. That's what he what he was, you know. Uh, he was just that's why he's so uh, indistinct of a character, you know. And you don't really know anything about him, you know. There's really no, there's, yeah, totally, totally, yeah. He's like just that. Uh, we always call we we lovingly refer to him as a tofu uh, because he just <laughs> he just takes on all the people uh, around him and his environment, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah totally yeah 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 it doesn't look great on camera so but it's so appropriate to the character that that was a sacrifice and it's all about sacrifices and compromises when you're making a movie so um but yeah yeah i'm, I'm glad that you noticed that and uh yeah we definitely jump right in in the in the beginning there's just no exposition you're just in he's on his on the shitter then he's on that couch and that's it it's all immersive <laughs> yeah. yeah it was a great intro uh the music too can you t- talk about the music because i i think i noted is that original music or i don't know whatever it was about the music i noticed something that it could have just been the music itself that i really liked so yeah. talk about the music in the movie that um helps also set you know music we all watch movies if you're listening to this really sets the mood and in a place and a setting that once again i thought was very distinct right off the bat i thought the music matched well with it yeah yeah so we have two two uh wonderfully talented uh, artists uh music featured in the film uh the the original music was by adrian fonts who's a just a close friend of ours uh he's in a band in texas called o whitney but this is his just solo stuff and he did uh something similar to what um, what I gather, like Neil Young did for Dead Man, you know, where we would send him rushes when we were cutting the film. So yeah, 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 yeah. But he was a very close friend, so it was no no problem, you know. Yeah, um, and yeah, so it's just really eerie, really suitable, monotonous uh, score for the film. The other music in the film, the the pop music that we used, is by this uh, uh, folk uh, rocker. Uh, Paul Birch, uh, who lives in Nashville, and I had been introduced to his music a couple of years before we made Victor Goodview, and uh, then was happened to be listening to it a lot during pre-production for the film, and I just thought how how perfect his his music would be uh, for the film, and uh, he's 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 had like a song or two in True Blood, I I think he's won a Grammy, so he's like. 
he's definitely uh, you know a, a established guy, but his just his type of music are is not what's what people go crazy for these days. Mm-hmm. I think probably if he existed in uh, you know the 70s or something, he'd be su- he'd be huge or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So because of that, I think w- he was attainable. Um, I don't know if I should be saying this stuff, but uh, yeah, because I he, I think he's awesome. I love his music. He's he's great. But I just think that that he was, um, he was reachable and was you know his his uh, his late his label w- were very uh, affable you know, and uh, so so they and then he w- he got involved and and really liked what they saw of the movie and were were more than happy to to talk with us about. Getting some of the getting some of his music, you know, where we have one Mark Rebo track in the film, okay. which was a nightmare to acquire the the rights for, okay. because that's he's just that much bigger, you know, and uh, we had to deal with the the label and the uh, and the um, uh, the the pub the people who own the publishing rights and we're, you know between whom there's absolutely no communication. And it was just really, just totally different, you know. So at least you had yeah. one, uh, or most of the musical experience was at least positive for you. And yeah, again, it was one of the things that right off the bat I was like, I like this about yeah. the movie. So cool. Yeah. Um, so, you know, again, lots of attention to the interiors. Like I said before, in most TV and movies, we see unrealistically clean and uh, you know apartments and houses. When in reality, this is like I said before. Sadly, how most people live uh you know and not just if you're in poverty therefore you live in a bad you know in filth it's just that unfortunately that there is a big connection there between these gross settings and uh you know living below the poverty lines you know stop me anytime if i'm reading too much into it but you know we also said it before a bit with how yonkers was a character in and of itself and and then you said that that was kind of your starting point, and then everything came from that. And Victor's this product of that environment. Um, is poverty and class struggle thematic here? Would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I lived. Uh, I I I suppose now is as good a time as any to reveal that I lived in that place. That's why. <laughs> that's how we found that apartment. That yeah, like it's perfect, gold right? For what you're doing. <laughs> So I was living in abject poverty years before this film was was before we got serious about it, and I was I was ultimately the departure point for this character. You know, I was never as bad off as as he was. I was pretty bad off though. I was I had some some uh, you know uh, I was detouring there for 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 years. You know, but I always had friends. I had like r- real close good friends and stuff. So I wasn't as utterly lonely as Victor is, you know, but, um, yeah, I think that the, uh, I think to answer your question, I think the comment there is that Yonkers, especially downtown there has been really struggling to, to gentrify, uh, for, for a long time. And it just has not occurred. You know, I don't know if it's that there's no nightlife there or what, but other than the condos that they've erected down by the waterfront and the yuppies that move in there, take the train, go to work, and then come back and hide in their condo. It's a pretty resilient neighborhood. You know, it hasn't been uh, overtaken by hipsters the same way that so many other neighborhoods in New York City have. And Yonkers is not New York City, but it's very close. Yeah, so to be yeah. clear, what's the, what's the distance between New York? Like, if you 
you heart, heart of Manhattan to Yonkers. Heart of Manhattan. Or just the city, if you will. Well, you can get into the into Riverdale, which is the Bronx, in three miles. It's oh, right wow. there. The yeah. contrast is just like so close, you know. But um, so yeah, so Victor's just like this this uh, you know this this totally um, man without a country white guy who probably has just lived in another uh, ghetto like this one before he came came to this one you know and i think maybe that there's there are assumptions made about him by the other characters who often prey on him or take advantage of him because he is this young millennial white guy that maybe he is just another somewhat despicable hipster <laughs> but he's really not you right, know yeah, he <laughs> yeah he's there's just nothing cool no no hip. he's just a white trash guy you know um but maybe he still does have certain advantages or feels entitled because he's because he's white and he doesn't even know it you know so maybe in the sequel we'll we'll explore that more or something okay. you know um but uh cool. yeah 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 cool. <laughs> it didn't seem like too much of a reach to assume that but i yeah. you know you're the filmmaker so i thought I'd ask. Yeah, yeah yeah um i hope people reach you know yeah uh or 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 not you know People enjoy the, the surface uh, uh, shock and grime and you know uh, humor. They don't. Ha I guess that that will suffice. But there's. I think trauma fans th they don't have a problem with grime. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, were you going along the lines like something along the lines of would you say like modern American realism almost like because what kind of hit me a little bit was the existentialism existentialism of his lifestyle you're just kind of watching this guy yeah. exist uh and even his darkly nihilistic attitude you know it reminded me almost of like italian neo-realism that post-war um and even if you haven't seen the movies they're just about life in italy and it's focusing on the poor and it's just you know one of them the bicycle thief and what right, is this what right. would this guy do to sure. just approximate even try to approximate uh, middle class by getting a bike so that he can yeah. and it's just the cycle literally the cycle of yeah. poverty that type of thing um it seemed like a little of that in there maybe yeah totally um i mean where does where does fellini fall because he's after after that movement or is he like a he product some, yeah, he yeah. On, uh, fellini worked yeah. on some of those movies like Desica was a little right. before him and then and then fellini was kind of Desica's um apprentice if you will worked on some of his films including one of the the neorealism ones did bicycle thief. I, yeah does he did yeah, yeah, bicycle thief but i think he worked on fellini worked on it doesn't matter i, I think he worked on the uh the brothers one tre fratelli okay. something or the the shoe the shoe one where they're in a shoe factory whatever it is yeah he was a little after that but yeah sure okay yeah well uh yeah i mean i I, like my partner uh, Jerome on the project always saw Fellini in this in this script, you know, because it's all about the characters, you know, uh, like very yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. Did you see Amacord, the Fellini movie? Uh, I don't know. It's a little later. It's like a little raunchier, you know, okay. but it's just about this this little town and all these really really whimsical characters. I don't even know if there's like a, a nominal main character in the story. So Victor is our nominal g guy, but for the most part, we really we had a, a, an original we had an original script that was 242 pages, and we were we were considering doing like a web series or something, but ultimately wanted to make one s small, sweet little film, you know. But we had a whole bevy of like characters that, uh, I can see in the yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a- anecdotal. You know, it's just in a good way because that could be bad. But uh, yeah. <laughs> What's up, you geeky listeners? You're going to hear me say this in the show for the next couple months. We're taking a survey of our listeners, and we'd like you to participate. It will help us learn more about you, no matter how long you've been a listener or how frequently you listen to the show. So please take a few minutes and visit our website at comicbookintl.com. That's comicbookintl.com. You'll find the listener survey link right there on the homepage, and you can complete the survey anonymously. Thanks. Um, so what do you think? Millennial apathetic laziness or simple poverty? So, cause I know you're kind of, uh, so do you think he's, do you think Victor is just kind of apathetic and lazy as a result of not only being a millennial, but also at least if you want to look at kind of the, um, the worst of the stereotypes of the millennials that kind yeah. of entitled laziness. Yeah, and then, yeah. and then a lot of what I see, I mean, is just in my generation. And then I was a teacher as well, uh, for four years and i just saw a lot of just apathy this guy is just like yeah. nothing really um or do you think his situation is do you think it's a mix of the two or do you think he he kind of comes from poverty and that's why he acts that way yeah i i think maybe it is i think he's he's gonna have to take one for the team and it's gonna be more towards the first uh scenario because i just don't see him having really experienced any any trauma i don't i don't want to i don't want to in a later project or even if no later project came just knowing myself i don't i don't think that he is where he is because you know his family was destroyed or something or um but yeah yeah i I, he's definitely but he's still not he's not a uh uh an official hipster because what does the official hipster not have like a trust fund or something (laughs) yeah 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 it is part right right so so yeah, I I don't think he comes from uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, definitely. No, no, and he doesn't really know anything or have any interests. You know, yeah, yeah. hipsters annoyingly they they know everything about what you love, and then they they suck all the joy and love out of it. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I love Bob Dylan, and I yeah. like I know all of his songs, but I don't know everything about his biography or something. I wind up crossing paths with a hipster, and they. You know, they just take all the fun out of it. You don't know about the most obscure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. I uh, I think that uh, he's also just like he's just a feeling, Victor. I felt like him before when I was in those those dark times, you know. And I my 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 uh, background is not wealthy, but I'm not. I don't come from from poverty uh necessarily my father's an art teacher my mother's a baker and uh, we ultimately moved upstate new york because it was more affordable to live up there you know um but i fell in some dark times and i i suppose it was was me yielding to that that uh, millennial uh, apathy myself i don't really know exactly why uh um, and again, I don't think I was as bad off as this guy in our movie, but I felt, I certainly felt as friendless as he, as we ma- made him in the movie at times, you know, um, but yeah, stay tuned. I think, uh, I think there are other, uh, piece, pieces in the, in the works, uh, to, f- to find out more about him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the other things, and then, you know, we can wrap up in a little bit if that's yeah. all right. Um, one of the 
recurring i shouldn't that's not recurring it's throughout the film uh and not to spoil anything because i won't but he's constipated throughout the whole again you know it's it opens with him trying to get this thing (laughs) on the toilet and it is so is that kind of his i'm assuming kind of stagnation about just yeah totally absolutely uh yeah absolutely and just like what you mentioned before it's a yeah it's a it's an existential uh constipation as well as a literal one but um yeah i know it's hard to, to talk about it without revealing anything you know but uh yeah the way to say it, it yeah, i can yeah. fill in time by yeah. just saying like what's interesting though is at least yeah. that he's uh i like that he's conflicted you know the fact that he's trying to push it out yeah and or seeing that there's a problem in his life that's step one to kind of turning himself around so it as bleak as this thing looks the whole time like i do like that you injected some hope in it in terms of his uh trying to failing most of the time but at least trying to improve his station in life right but will it you know like what what happens if he takes his shit like is that going to improve everything is is it not just going to start all over again because really the the more uh the more significant growth i guess would take place uh if if you were to see the way he uh treated other people differently maybe you know he he doesn't really seem to have much it's not like he doesn't have a con- conscience you know he he does have like an inherent like niceness about him i don't know if it's a goodness you know he's just not like a cruel guy but he's still engaging in these things that like affect other people and not in a good way necessarily like the jerry character is definitely worse off than he is she's taking advantage of him but he's also you know he's he's adding to the complacency of her of her uh, really awful station in life as well you know so yeah you're right i mean step one sure if he if he relieves his constipation it, it could it could uh it could be a step in the right direction for him but i don't know maybe not but also we just just in the total gimmicky way i don't think we had i don't think there's ever been a character where that was his his reason for uh plotting on was was just to relieve his bowels you know it's been done well before train spotting mm-hmm. definitely you know that book, yeah um, written by the guy who does game of thrones david benioff it's called a tale of oh no sorry i, I forgot <laughs> uh, i wasn't talking to the mic um something I forget something about a city, and uh, it takes place in Stalingrad during the yeah. World War Two, and it's th- this one character like can't shit for oh, a while. No uh, but yeah. no, it's totally different. It's yeah. I mean, it reminded me of it, but yeah. it's a uh, yeah, it's a war movie <laughs> or a war book. Right, right, sure. <laughs> yeah, Iris is kind of a war movie too, kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So I think we've answered that question. Yeah, no. I was just gonna say, was there anything else that you wanted to uh, say about main points that I didn't hit about the movie, or things that you want to talk about? Once again, the uh, premiere is the nineteenth. Yeah. January Cinema Village, Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, if you want to talk more about the premiere or anything else about the movie. Um. Hmm. Is there what else is there to uh, 
to talk about. Um, now, just that, yeah, the premiere uh, is the 19th. It'll be playing that week at Cinema Village. Uh, there will be some representative of the film hanging out there probably most nights. Uh, so, you know, as many, uh, as, as many of the later showtimes as we can make festive or eventful as possible, we will. Uh, I hope, uh, uh, trauma fans come out to see something, uh, slightly different. Uh, it seems to, to set our movie apart. Um, uh, <clears throat> fan blogger of trauma recently just did like a little video review of the film and, uh, it just seems to be an inherent, uh, thing that people notice, you know? That uh, it has some of the bells and whistles that make it uh, appropriate to be be trauma, but it's it's like still a little uh, I don't know more a little sadder or something, or I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It definitely had uh, you know the the trauma traces. It's yeah. it's uh, what I like about horror is the honesty of it. Yeah, in horror, you'll always they show you everything. No matter what's going on, yeah. <laughs> even if it's something that's not supposed to be horrific, like surgery, they're like, "Here it is, bitch." Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love how it's yeah. just in your face, yeah. and there's nothing about uh, there's nothing that happens in Victor Goodview that you're not that's going to be censored, in terms of sure, sure. just again the honesty of that world. So I have a question. So do you consider uh, Victor a, a horror film? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. I guess yeah. what I was just saying about some of the yeah. signature trauma things are, you know, horror, yeah. comedy, yeah. Um, you know, even heroes, but on the horror side of things, just, uh, you know, trauma is definitely honest about whatever they're depicting. And, you know, we're not afraid to show gross things in movies. <laughs> so I, I think it, I liked that uh, Victor Goodview had that again, same honesty and, and really shaped that realism that we were talking about before. Yeah, totally. No, it's 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 interesting. I I was just uh I was just chatting with a with a reviewer about about the film and the same topic was brought up um uh because it was uh you know, we established that Victor was really per se not a horror film, yeah. but there's something about it and I think we definitely used like a horror film aesthetic yeah. uh throughout a lot of the movie. And it is like you said, I I just literally just wrote in uh, in a question I had for this interview, that that I believe it's the it'll always be a, a beloved genre because it's the most unpretentious genre. It's the most honest horror, horror films. Yeah. yeah, so that includes films that are you know made like horror films, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because even even the bad ones have a sincerity about them. You know, right. where like other bad bad movies uh, are just not as uh i don't know i don't give as wide a birth or something you know um, but it's definitely it's definitely my favorite i, I love all, all types of movies but in the end like even my my some of my favorite films of all time are horror films for sure and it would be great to make one one day yeah <laughs> well trauma's the place <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. cool well thanks so much uh for coming to queens yeah it was great to meet you man likewise great to meet you and uh yeah, I think I started to cave a little in the beginning when you mentioned I was your first filmmaker, so I hope it didn't... Uh... How so? What do you mean, cave? No, it was, it was a lot of pressure. Oh, no, no, no worries at all. <laughs> if anything, I should be the one feeling pressure. I'm sitting at Troma Studios interviewing a filmmaker, and this has been cool. Totally. No, it was, it was a lot of fun talking to you, so... Uh... Yeah, anytime you want to talk again, I'm, I'm down. Yeah, we should do a follow-up afterward. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. 
Again, that was my interview with Vincent Totoro, writer and director of the new trauma film, Victor Goodview, premiering this Friday, January 19th at Cinema Village in Manhattan. And that is it for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Once again, please help us out on Patreon if you want to support the show. Just go to patreon.com slash Podcast to donate. Again, even if it's only a single dollar, any help at all is much appreciated. Don't forget to check out Episode 7 of Above and Batman Beyond for Part 1 of my interview with Melissa Disney, the voice of both Blade Summer and Kudade from the Batman Beyond animated series. And stay tuned for Part 2 of my interview with Melissa Disney as well. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on iTunes and give us a quick 5-star review. Just search for Geek News General in your podcast app and tap reviews. Really only takes a few seconds and then those little stars go a long way to helping us keep the show going. Five-star reviews allow us to continue to bring you all this rich geek news coverage, interviews with creators in the business, other special guests, and writers like me. Especially because we are a newer show, I did want to emphasize to our listeners the importance of five-star reviews. Beside iTunes, Geek News General is also available for your listening pleasure on SoundCloud, as well as our very own website, comicbookintl.com, and of course, geeknewsbatnews.com as well. If you like what you heard today in audio form, you can also find my writing at comicbookintl.com. On both Twitter and Instagram, find me at comicbookintl, and my name once again is Benjamin David. Please be sure to check out Above and Batman Beyond Podcast. Uh, that's our other podcast that I was telling you about during our Patreon. You can find Above on iTunes, SoundCloud, and BatmanBeyondPodcast.com. And, of course, here at ComicBookIntl.com, along with the show you're listening to now. Geek News General is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network. We're thrilled and honored to be part of this awesome Bat Network of podcasts. So here's a shout-out of huge thanks to BPN. BPN, the Batman Podcast Network. Go to batmanpodcastnetwork.com to find our show as well as more than 20 others all talking about the bat. Thanks once again to you, BPN, for bringing us into your audio Batman network. As always, if you want to send us any questions or comments and would like us to read them on the show, please hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at comicbookintl, or send us an email, batmanbeyondpod at gmail.com. We'd love to read your messages on the show. Geek News General is not an official production of Batman, Warner Brothers, Batman Beyond, Star Wars, Lucasfilm, Troma, Troma Entertainment, Disney, Ghostbusters, Diamond Select, or any other company, property, and or license mentioned in this recording on comicbookintl.com or on batmanbeyondpodcast.com. The thoughts and opinions shared by the participants of this podcast are theirs and theirs alone, and therefore do not represent the companies or organizations they happen to work for. <laughs> <laughs>